Blog Talk Radio. Ignite your life with passion and purpose. Your health, your wealth, your happiness. Make it good. This is Modern Love with Dr. Brenda Wade. A big thank you to Rainbow Grocery, our favorite grocery store here in the San Francisco Bay Area, for being our sponsor, because a healthy body is a sexy body. Hello, everyone. Welcome to this edition of Modern Love. I'm your host, Dr. Brenda Wade, and excited to talk tonight about a topic that so many people are facing, have faced, and we want to ask, do we have to keep facing this? And that is divorce. And we're going to talk tonight with our special guest, Dr. Paul Coleman, about celebrity divorces from breakup to breakthrough. And you may find out some things that will surprise you about breakups and a way to get through them. And, of course, you know me. We're going to talk about how you might even hang back a little bit from the brink, but Hollywood breakups are always on everyone's mind. The latest celebrity bombshell was dropped by actors Ben Affleck and Jennifer Garner, who most insiders say look like the perfect couple. They have children, beautiful home, beautiful people, et cetera, et cetera. And the interesting thing is they said that they'll continue to live on the same property They've got a big one, of course, even though they file for divorce. Now, that may sound odd, but psychologist Dr. Paul Coleman says it's not just a celebrity thing. Dr. Coleman even says average couples with financial issues are choosing this option, and this and other options may make divorce a less painful thing. Now, Dr. Paul Coleman has appeared on Oprah Today, many radio programs. He's the author of a dozen books, including his new book, Finding Peace, When Your Heart is in Pieces. With over 25 years of experience in the psychology field, Dr. Paul Coleman encourages his readers to utilize the four paths of transformation. And we're going to talk to him about those in just a moment, acceptance, inspiration, release, and compassion so that you can stop the suffering after heartbreak. Welcome to the show, Dr. Paul Coleman. How are you? I'm wonderful, Dr. Brenda. Thanks so much for having me. Oh, it's a pleasure. And this is a difficult topic. I'm a twice-divorced person. That's why I'm so passionate about relationships and doing this show so people can learn about every aspect of relationship and maybe uh, not have to make all the mistakes that I've made. What got you interested in peace after breakups? Well, I had um, an interesting two experiences that were very strange but very mystical. Um, And they started out very strangely, but it went like this. I was at home and there was a moth flying around the dining room table. And my wife said, would you please get that? And you know how moths can be very spastic. Mm -hmm. And this moth darted at me like a bullet. 
and then it flew away. And I said to my wife, did you see that? That was very strange. It, it kind of darted at me. And then it did it a second time. And the third time it darted at me, I actually ducked because I said, there's something strange about this moth. And I couldn't find where the moth went, and it was in my ear. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah, it was thrumming in my ear. So I, my, we, my wife pulled it out with tweezers, and I, I was fine. But I was intrigued by that. How <clears throat> and I looked moth? up. <laughs> I looked up the meaning of moth. It's called the night butterfly. And mm. it says the moth to the flame is the soul seeking the truths of heaven, but having to go through tribulation first. That was my first interesting thought about um, going through tribulation. Three weeks later, my daughter was working her way through college, and she was working at a fast food restaurant. I went to the drive-up window because I knew she was working there, and I'm waiting. There's cars in front of me, and a mourning dove, mourning as an M-O-U-R-N, flew in front of my windshield and was staring at me. And I was taken taken aback because it was just flying, fluttering, hovering in front of me. And it lowered its beak, opened its mouth, and this white piece of paper fell out of its mouth. And, but it wasn't a piece of paper. The, the bird huh. flew away, and the white piece of paper turned out to be a moth, which oh, flew no. away. And I was like, this is very freaky. <clears throat> so I looked up morning dove. Morning doves are all about peace after loss. Hmm. And so I had peace after loss, and I had the concept of the moth to the flame going through tribulation, but to discover the truths of heaven. So I put those two together, and I said, you know, everybody I see in therapy who goes through a very challenging time and comes out the other end stronger has gone through a transformational process where they see higher truths, and they come away feeling better, even if there's been pain or loss. And I said, there's a book in there somewhere. Yeah, and so for people who go through divorce, and I'll just put it right on the table here, and who turn into, you know that old saying that in criminal court you see kind of bad people on their best behavior, and in divorce court you see good people on their worst behavior? So. You're trying to say, essentially, we don't have to do the worst behavior scenario, and I have certainly seen that one up close and personal. Yes, yes. So if I'm if I'm counseling somebody who's going through a divorce, yeah, part of their part of what they want help with is is tactics of just how to cope. But I want them, but they have a lawyer for that too. What I want them to look at is the much bigger picture, and I tell them. This divorce that you're going through is a journey because you're you're changing your life. Your life, you didn't sign up for this, but this is what's happening. And there are very distinct phases that you will go through. And if you take the right path at each phase, you can come out emotionally ahead. You may not feel you're ahead financially, and you may think there's some unfairness in in the divorce proceedings, but if you can come out stronger emotionally, then you've won. All and right. So those of you who may be on the brink of divorce or you've made that decision, you can join the conversation or maybe you want to avoid divorce. We certainly have some things to say about that too. Yeah. Call us, 
excuse me, that's uh, area code 347. The number is 989-0776. That's 347-989-0776. And press 1 so that our associate producer, Cliff, knows that you'd like to join the conversation. Or you can Facebook us, Dr. Brenda Wade. Tweet at us, Dr. Brenda Wade. We will take your questions and comments. This is a very big topic, and for most people, it is a very, very difficult topic. No one wants to go through a divorce. It's not the sort of thing you sign up for. And one of the things that I know you've worked on, Dr. Paul, is also helping people to understand why and how they got there. What would you say is the leading cause of divorce? Well, I, I think people have a hard time growing together and they they want to make their their partner do what they want them to do and they can't always allow their partner to grow without putting without stifling it in some way. So there's some degree of perhaps selfishness or fear that's in, that's embedded in that. Hmm. So selfishness and fear, you know, there's, as you know, a huge school of the love labs all over the country, and the school of thought right now is that most people come to marriage, A, unprepared, and I always tell people in my seminars and workshops, et cetera, when we learn better, we love better, because there is a research that shows 50% fewer divorces for people who do premarital coaching. Another 50% drop for those people who may be married and hit a snag and get qualified help. So everybody, keep that in mind as we're talking tonight if you're teetering on the brink. Maybe you need to learn better to love better. So, Dr. Paul, when you talk about these four paths of transformation, enlighten us a bit about that. Sure. Um, One way to think about it, um, I like to use the movie The Wizard of Oz as an example because everybody's familiar with that movie. In in the first part, everything is normal, and then there's this tornado. The tornado represents the ending of the marriage or the breakup of the love relationship, and you are now in a very different world. Dorothy was in Munchkin land, okay? But you're in a very different world. The rules are different. And usually all you want is to have things be back to where they were or back to some kind of normalcy. But you can't go back. You have to proceed. So the first the first step is what I call um, the pathway of emotional acceptance. A lot of times people are resisting. They, you know, they say, why does this have to happen, or I don't want this to happen, or why does it have to be so challenging, or why does, it have to, why does my partner have to be so unfair? And those are all reasonable and understandable questions. Well, wait, but what why do people have to be so unfair in divorce? I want an answer to that question. <laughs> what is why that? Do people, why do people have to be so unfair? Is yeah, that the question? Yeah, because certainly we see acting out. There's a lot, very few couples sit down and do things in yeah. a reasonable, measured way. Yeah. Yeah, there's a there's a, a tendency to feel um, blameworthy or to to want to blame the other person. 
it's very hard to 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 accept you know some responsibility for what went wrong people often say well yes i didn't do this right or i didn't do that right but you something 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 and then they get afraid um of they might lose custody or they might lose finances and they start acting very very defensive and they take protective measures which often result in um demonizing the partner to justify why they have to continue to to break up um it's very hard to stay caring and loving or decent with one another when you're breaking up so the tendency is to find reasons to say to justify why you broke up and in the doing that it tends to elevate the negatives and diminish the positives yeah and you know i found also that in addition to the fear which you've mentioned which i think is extremely accurate and the need to demonize to justify Sometimes the demonizing is I'm going to point at you so I don't have to look at me. Right. Yeah, I, it's, I, I always want people to look at their side of the street. <laughs> yeah. Try to clean up a little bit of your side of the street, too. Um, don't just blame the other person. And that's very hard to do. But, but I think people can, can benefit from that. Now, the one caveat there is if your partner or former partner is very narcissistic and you're willing to look at your faults, that's a that's probably not going to work very well because the narcissistic person is going to take advantage of that. Right. Um, and not and look at their fault. And drive the point faults. home, see, I knew that's how yeah. you were. Right. I knew that's what right. you were all about. I've seen yeah. a lot of that. Yep. Yep. So, but private... But privately, in therapy, you still should look inward and say, gee, where did I make some mistakes or where was I pretending things were okay when they weren't? So you can make changes. Great. Well, we have our first question. This is from Jim. Jim, you're here in the San Mateo area. Thank you for sending us your question. Jim wants to know why his ex-wife is so bitter. He said, I call her my hex-wife. (laughs) <laughs> well, you know, um, I, I remember in, in college we talked about something called cognitive dissonance, and that has to do with when we're, we are behaving one way but thinking another way or behaving in one way but wanting to behave in another way, and we have inner conflict. If you're leaving a relationship, it's painful to think of all the wonderful things <laughs> that you're leaving. You usually have to emphasize the negative in order to ju- continue to justify it, and right. and w- the tendency is to 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 take the negatives that were there and really really hype them up, and you start believing your own propaganda after a while, and so, and you're not at all looking. Yeah, at Yeah, I totally get that. That makes sense because it's hard to leave. It's hard to admit. Gee, there's something lovable about this person because then you have to say, yeah, and why weren't we able to make it work? There's a lot of sense of failure and shame, and you know, people become pariahs too after they're divorced, especially single women. Yes, or yes, that's true. Yeah, yeah. So, question here: I'm going to ask this on your behalf, Jim, even though you didn't ask it. I'm going to ask Dr. Paul Coleman. What should Jim be doing with his bitter ex-wife that might make things easier? Well, if we assume, if we take the assumption that she's not this narcissistic personality disordered person, 
Okay, because if she is, that's that's a whole another ball of wax. Okay, so you're but assuming she's, she's some person. Okay, she's a reasonably decent person who got caught up in the fear factor. Okay, mm-hmm. and she's having to demonize him in order to protect what she thinks could happen to her down in the future, whether it's custody issues or something like that. Um, if I were Jim, then I would not be striking back in a in a hostile kind of way that she's going to feel threatened by. I would try to tone it down and and say that you're open to to having a different kind of conversation that you you know you welcome that and that you're not going to be somebody that she has to be uh frightened of. She can she can be angry at you, but she doesn't have to express that anger in such a way that she's poisoning the the dialogue. Yeah, and Jim, I gather from your question, even though it was cryptic, that this must be fairly recent. I'd like to add one bit of advice, if I might, to what Dr. Paul has said. Having presided over my own divorces as well as worked with hundreds of couples, I hosted a television show called Can This Marriage Be Saved? So one thing I learned is that a lot of the couples who came in on the brink had not asked one crucial question that you might want to ask your wife, which is, how can I in any way make this easier for you? Because there is so much suffering here for both of us. There's plenty to go around. And sometimes the person lashes out, ah, you know, go stuff your head in a can or something like that. But if you just wait a little bit and say, I really mean it, and send the question again maybe a week or two later when they've had a chance to ponder, you might get an answer that could be helpful to both of you. Okay, we have like that. a second question coming in. Uh, this question is coming from, boy, the men are writing in tonight. All right, thank you so much. This is from Randy who says, do you think a separation is smart before proceeding to a divorce? My wife wants a divorce, but I'm not sure. Randy, San Francisco. Yeah. Um, Separations are big deals, and they should not be taken lightly. Um, And a lot of separations, the longer they go on, they they will lead to a a permanent separation. Um, If your wife is wanting the divorce and and you don't want the divorce and you're and you're not wanting a separation, it's not likely that the wife is going to relent. She's going to feel more pressured. So you might agree to a separation. Um, and, and the question is, is it a temporary type thing where you have a chance to just cool off and rethink things and then you come back for a while? Or is she really talking about a kind of a legal separation that's really just preparing for a final divorce? But if she really wants a divorce, resisting any sort of effort on, on, on your part to, to cooperate with something there, she's she's not going to go along with that well at all. Yeah, and I would like to say that my own work with separations is they only become positive when a couple is very intentional. When you actually sit down and say, what's the intention for separating? Is it to cool off? Is it to get to a better place? Is it to learn and grow? Is it to come back together as a stronger couple? Or are we just practicing for divorce? 
And if you want anything positive to come out of it where you can come back together, you've got to take some steps. You have to write down our intention is to learn how to communicate and work through conflict, to learn why we are both in conflict, what in our history set us up for this. Because trust me, whatever's going on in your relationship, you learned it somewhere. Also, to be very clear that, you know, as Einstein said, you can't solve a problem with the same mind that created it. Get another mind that's qualified to help you. Now, when I say qualified, Dr. Paul, you're going to probably agree with me on this. Only work with someone who is a qualified couples expert. If I had a nickel for every couple that's come to me who saw a therapist who just happened to be a therapist who saw couples but wasn't an expert and they had wasted time, energy, and money, please work with someone who is qualified and trained as a couples expert. I, I totally agree. And if I may add, if you're separating, what are the expectations? Are you allowed to call each other? Do you go out for a, a date with each other every two weeks? Do you not do those things? Because that can be off-putting if you don't clarify those. Exactly, exactly. The more structure that's there, the more positive the outcome can be. Just separating in anger and letting it fester and not talking or talking and fighting, this doesn't get anybody anywhere. So thank you for that question. That was a great question, Randy. If you guys are going to separate or your wife wants to, Sit down with a qualified person and come up with a structure so this will work better for you guys. So I want to go back to those four paths of transformation because I think those are really interesting. Acceptance, and then the next one is inspiration. What does that mean? Well, It's such a beautiful word. I'm very curious what that has to do with divorce. Yeah. Well, um, when when you're going through a very tough time, the tendency is to overthink and overanalyze because you're afraid and you're trying to plan ahead and, and plan for all the possible things that could go wrong. The more you clutter up your mind that way and you have these little debates in your mind, what if this happens? Well, I'll do this. But what if that doesn't work? Then I should do that. When you're doing that, <clears throat> you're blocking off insights or inspirations or guidance that you might otherwise get. And I I, I describe that the kind of inspiration you're looking for, it's kind of like sometimes detecting the ripple of a leaf on a lake as it falls on the lake. And if there's a lot of rain on the lake, you can't detect the ripple of the leaf. And that's what certain inspiration is like. And in order for that to happen, you have to kind of peacefully coexist with uncertainty. You have to try not looking for quick answers. Allow uncertainty to unfold. You can't figure it all out right now. And in that space, see what kinds of insights or inspirations might occur because that's when you might get that little small voice inside that says, try it this way instead of that way. But that's not going to happen if there's too much chatter. So you've got to get your mind quiet so you get yes. inspiration. So here's where meditation perhaps could be a good tool. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, um, and, and willingness, I like the phrase peacefully coexist with uncertainty. Try not to keep asking questions you can't answer right now. All right? And trust, I always say this to myself, I trust that things will end up for me in a way that's ultimately for my benefit 
but not necessarily in the time or the way that I might choose. So I allow certain things to unfold, whatever it might be, an illness or somebody sick in my family. <clears throat> I, let, I allow them to unfold when I can't really do anything about it anyway. But I have that extra bit of trust. All right? And that comes by allowing uncertainty to be there rather than trying to reduce uncertainty, which you can't really do completely. Yeah, and that's tough when you feel anxious and scared and you're hurting. And I can tell you from personal experience, divorce is a frightening time because you can't see the road ahead. And I like what you're saying about the inspiration so much. I know that for me, this is what got me through this very, very painful time of heartbreak. And it also helped me to see how I had ended up there so that I could grow. I could actually transform myself. The worst thing is to go through a divorce and be angry and bitter and scared and then go do it all over again without learning anything. So I do think Uh, that ultimately inspiration, as you just framed it, is a way to help us grow if we end up in this place where there's no way out. And I like when you use the word wandering. Because that's really what happens, especially during this phase. You don't know what's up ahead, and that's by de- that's by definition. You're not going to know. Um, Joseph Campbell, the famous educator and writer, said, "If you can see your path all laid out in front of you, it's not your path." Ah, that's um, a good one. I never heard that quote from him. Yeah, I and, like and that. like Dorothy in The Wizard of Oz, she started on the yellow brick road. She did not know what was going to come up ahead. And yeah. in the wandering phase or the inspiration phase, you're kind of on the receiving end. You're plowing forward, but you don't really know where this is taking you. And you have to have some quiet moments of peace. Otherwise, your fear takes over. Yeah. So another question that just came in. Okay. my It's, uh, okay, we have two husbands. We have only been married very recently, and we're scared to death of divorce. Both of us come from divorced families. Any advice for us? We want oh. them to work. Okay. So <clears throat> they're they're afraid because they've had that happen in their in growing up that this kind of thing is inevitable or and it's not inevitable. Um at all. It's not inevitable. And you, they, maybe there are things that they learned from from their growing up experience. But but the idea that you don't want the divorce is going to keep you wanting to make sure that if there's conflict or disagreements or something isn't feeling right, you will address it and try to correct it sooner than later. Um, and don't have that fear of abandonment. Don't have that fear of rejection. Um, you, you have to start living with, can we trust each other to work this through? And you, if you married each other, there's some trust there. So So elevate that. We, that's why we got married, because we trust each other. Let's let's trust that we can work things through. We don't have to just follow the path of, of our ancestors. Yeah, I'm glad you said that, because the child brain, as you know, is imprinted with what we learned in childhood. And I would say go as far as to sit down and write yourself a new script that is completely different from the one the two of you were exposed to as children. And congratulations on your marriage and congratulations on marriage equality. It's about yes. time. 
and you don't want me to get on my soapbox, but I really, truly, with all my heart, believe that when everyone is free to be themselves and fully love and commit to who they choose to love, we will have more peace on this planet when nobody is oppressed or suppressed. So, it, Dr. it really Paul, is. Yeah, thank you. Talk to us about release. We go from acceptance to inspiration sure. to release. We're talking about growth, and we're talking about transformational growth, maybe spiritual growth. But I want you to get to a higher place on the mountain. So when you look out at the at the place you've always looked at before, you have a higher perspective. And in order to grow, you have to let go of something. A lot of a lot of growth is not just adding on; it's actually subtraction. <laughs> when we let go of attitudes or beliefs that are no longer serving us, we actually can move forward. We don't always have to adopt a new belief. The new beliefs might actually be embedded in us. It's the old negative beliefs that are no longer serving us that we hold on to that keep us stuck. You know, I have a friend who is a teacher, and she did this thing every year that inspired me. Every year she looked at herself and said, this year... I'm going to transform one of my negative traits. And when she started this, she said, I'm an angry person. My first response to things is to get angry, and I get so angry with my spouse. And she said, this year, all year, the only thing I'm going to focus on is becoming a peaceful person. And I think couples can do the same thing. This year we're focused on being peaceful this year we're the next year we're focused on forgiveness or any of these these i just love this very very deep way that you're looking at things because release is hard and we can choose to replace that with something else that's positive yes yes but you have to let go there's in one of the indiana jones movies at the end one of the guys is falling off a cliff and they're trying to pull him up. But in one hand, he's got a hold of a treasure. And they're saying, let go of it, because you're not helping us help you up. And he uh, can't let go of the treasure. And so he dies. The uh, treasure that he's holding are those beliefs that that he refuses to let go of. He wants it all. And you can't. You have to let go of something. You know, I had a, a lady whose, whose son died. He was 40. He was in a coma. And she said, I know Jesus is going to save him. And then he died. And she was shattered. She could not believe. So she had to then re- reframe her belief, all right, that can, can she still have a belief in God and Jesus and accept that her son died? And that's, that was the work she had to that's do. That's a tough one. So we're that almost out of one. time. We can't let you go until you give us the fourth path of transformation. Path of compassion. And that's compassion. Talk about it's that. It's compassion. Everything else we talked about, acceptance, the path of inspiration, the path of release and letting go, is all about um, what what's inside of you. Now it's about giving back, where you have to take all of that and and give it back to to the universe, to to your to the people around you. You have to take this new insight and do something constructive with it, and that way you you have meaning to your adversity. You, you've lost something but you've learned something, and now you come back and you say, this is what I've learned, and I want to help others too so that they don't have to maybe go through some of the things that I had to go through. It's a giving back. And when you do that, you will feel much more peaceful. And I know you've had that experience when you're helping others. 
you feel so good. Yep, it is a wonderful feeling. And it's also, I find, to do a really good job, I have to be willing to keep growing too. So I want to pass it on, and I know that this is a quote from you, Dr. Paul Coleman. You said you're right in there with Shakespeare that it's better to have loved and lost than never to have loved at all. Correct. I believe that that's very true because, you know, that we have to have that, that sense of love. And that's what it is with all about equality in marriage, right? It's really yes. about love. Um, it's not about all those things that, that divide us. It's what unites exactly. us. Exactly. Dr. Paul Coleman, an unexpected treat. What depth, what insight, what wisdom when the head and heart work together. We've got wisdom and you've got them hooked up. Everyone, if you want more of Dr. Paul Coleman's wisdom, go to his website. It's www.findingpeaceinyourheart.com. Findingpeaceinyourheart.com. And the book sounds like one you need to have on your bookshelf, whether you are, and you know we're all about collecting books. With this show, everybody needs a library. I don't care if you put it on your your little electronic device. That's still your library. The book is called Finding Peace When Your Heart is in Pieces. And may you not have your heart go to pieces, but keep the book handy in case you know somebody who does. And sometimes reading this kind of book will help you Stay in the game. We're so happy to have you join us as part of our Modern Love audience next week. Andrea Reynolds is going to give us some wisdom from her book, Before You Say I Do. Let's learn something so we can love better. All right, Dr. Paul Coleman, thank you. And thank you to our producer, Mr. LeGrand Green, our associate producer, Mr. Cliff Dunning, And love and blessings to all of you, our modern love audience. Send us your ideas and questions, by the way. We'd love to hear from you. Blessings, everyone. Good night.